You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Now, um, I, get to, I get the privilege and the honor of continuing an office season. The future is family. And uh, we, we got to start it last week with Pastor Matt, and I get the honor and privilege of starting it off um, for the second time. And basically, what I want to be sharing about today is Emerge. And not just Emerge, but how Emerge has impacted my family, my friends, my, my, my parents, and my walk with God, and how God has changed it for the better. And uh, actually, where's my Emerge man at? I want to know. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Better question, where's my sons of Judah at? The winning team. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. We're taking the trophy home this year. I'm sorry, everyone. It's going to happen. Anyway, if you aren't registered for Emerge, I want to be very frank with you. You're missing out, like straight up. And I'm not trying to shame anyone down or talk down on anyone or make you feel left out, fear, you know, FOMO. But I will tell you, that what I've experienced at Emerge is, is incredible. It's indescribable almost. And I'm not going to sell you Emerge. I'm not trying to convince you to go to Emerge. I'm just giving you a taste of what Emerge has brought into my life and the things that I've seen it brought to, to bring to other people. So with that being said, I'm also going to be sharing about my walk with my father and just how he has made me the man that I am today with the principles and the morals that he's taught me. I love you, Dad. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. And ladies, I know today you're probably came to church you're like, oh, it's going to be an Emerge message. You know, we're just going to hear about manly things. No, this is going to be a message for you as well. The points that I have written out and laid out, um, I thought of you guys as well. So, and, and if you have a husband, don't you want him to go to Emerge and go from being a good man to like an epic man, an amazing man? Come on. And, uh, and if you're single... Emerge men are the best kind of men you can date. So, ladies, they're all over. Just got to look. Just got to look. Come on. Anyway, I only got about 11 minutes or so to share this, and I'm just, let's go. I wish I had more time, but it's okay. You guys ready for this? Yeah? All right. So my point number one is to be vulnerable with people that live kingdom lives. To be vulnerable with people that live kingdom lives. See, one of the reasons that Emerge is so impactful and life-transforming, see, for three days, you're literally surrounding yourself with people, men, that are just vulnerable at their, at their lowest almost. And it's just, it's, it's crazy to see when, when you have that number. And how many of you know where there is vulnerability, there is healing that comes from God. And when there is healing and vulnerability, there is an openness to opening up your heart and letting heaven invade so intimately. So there's a verse that I want to read out relating to this point, and it's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10. And it is, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So good. See, there's not only power when you surround yourself with men who are living kingdom lives and are opening themselves up, but there's actually power to opening yourself up and letting the Holy Spirit work in ways that you never even knew you needed working. And 
I just want to touch on vulnerability for just a little bit longer here because it is such a sensitive subject. And actually, both God and the enemy want you to be vulnerable. But they both want you to be vulnerable in your lives. And you're probably like, well, he's contradicting himself right now. No, I'm going to explain. See, the enemy wants you to be vulnerable in a matter of where you are spiritually disabled. And when you become spiritually disabled, you become spiritually disarmed. And when you're disarmed spiritually, your, your, your heart is open to letting just anything come and flood your heart. And that's exactly what you want to avoid. See, I'll never forget the day that I got caught vaping by my parents a few years ago. I'm just being vulnerable right then and there. I was high school. I was a dumb kid. All right. And it was my senior year. And I, I borrowed my mom's car to take it to school. And for some reason, I just forgot and left. When I got back home, I left the mod, the vape, in the cup holder. I went inside. I did my thing. She calls me a few minutes later when she takes the car to go see a client. She's like, whose vape is this? Who's, who's, whose is this? And me, being a 17-year-old kid, I was like, oh, it's my friends. It's, it was my girlfriend at the time. You know, trying to make an excuse, right? And she's like, no, it's not. We're going to have a talk when we get home. And here's the thing. When you lie to your parents, especially your mom, it's a bad thing. But when you lie to a Latina Mexican mom, you, I'm sorry. You might as well just buy a blanket to Europe or something. You... In fact, I didn't share this in the first service. Mom, you didn't know this. Me and my brothers and my dad, we have a system in our house where we call, we call, it, we call it the levels. It's one through five. Level one's like, you're upset. We can talk it out, you know. Level two's like, let's do the dishes to calm, calm mom down. But when you get to level five, you don't want to get to level five. I cut my hair once when I, I used to have long hair and she literally kicked me out of the house for the day because she told me not to. Just kidding. I love you, mom. Give it up for my mom. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I'm so happy I shared that. Get that off my chest. All right. Come on. Come on. Anyway, Holy Spirit, come back. Okay. Now to the men. With this vulnerability subject still being at hand, this is exactly what God wants to do to you at Emerge. He wants you to surround yourself. See, there's going to be over 2,000 men. There is going to be tension. There is this masculine tension when you surround yourself with men that want to, that want to compete. Because that's what you do. You go to Emerge, and one of the things you do at Emerge is win. That's the mindset you go with. And then there's tension. But God loves to use tension to break some stuff off. So with that, it's it's it's... What I've experienced is I don't see men sitting around a campfire telling ghost stories and singing kumbaya and having the time of their lives. I see realness. I see, I see the reality behind a man's life at Emerge. Like I shared last service, the most impact that I see Emerge have on men is usually the campfires that we have at the end of the night after the worship sessions and the competitions and men just being real and sitting down and talking with each other. That's what I see. That's where God uses that. So repeating this verse before I finish off this point, God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. See, now God wants you to be vulnerable in a place where you are still spiritually armed, still standing in the truth and the word of God, but still realizing that the only person that has access to your heart and should have access is the Lord. Come on, that's the difference between the enemy and Satan. 
Come on, moving on. Second point is to take ownership in who you are. Taking ownership in who you are. See, I got the privilege of growing up with a dad that not only understood who he is, but whose he is. And that is one of the biggest principles that he's lived by to this day. And it's attributed to me. And I'm so grateful. It's made me the man that I am today. And see, throughout high school, I faced a lot of adversity being a Christian and with the morals that I lived by. See, I would always go to my dad when it was about, you know, a girl, grades. I would go to him about almost anything. And I could depend on him. My dad raising me the right way gave me the dependability that I needed for someone that I could open myself to in the best way possible. And... Hearing his life story, which you're going to hear about when he comes up in just a couple minutes here, it always hits me so hard. The fact that he grew up, his childhood, literally homeless on the streets of Mexico, doing whatever little small job he could do to make a living and to put food on his plate. It inspires me to this day to go to college, make a better living for myself, just, just work, own businesses. Because how many of you know that God thrives on education? He thrives on knowledge. Read Proverbs. One of the biggest uh, books that my dad enforces onto me is Proverbs because it is wisdom after wisdom principle. And look, really quick, God didn't make us to be mediocre. If you want to work at a McDonald's the rest of your life, you do that. But you be the business owner of the franchise. You be the CEO. If you want to work at a taco stand, you own the taco stands in, in, in the entire state. You do not settle for less. God made us in, our, in his image. So we were not meant to settle. We were not meant to live mediocre lives doing average things. We were meant to be unique with the purpose. Come on. Come on. And with Emerge, I shared a lot of special moments with my dad. I shared vulnerability. I shared love. I shared just a light that uncovered so many dark places. And one of the things that I'll never forget is the rite of passage. Running that race with my brother Yitzhak was one of the best things I've ever experienced with him and my dad. My dad cheering us behind us, rooting at us the whole way. And it just created this unexplainable bond and it formed and it was so intimate. I, I cannot explain it. But what that created for me was a, a higher level of dependency. When my dad hugged me at the, the end of that race and him telling me, son, you are my greatest treasure. You, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I am never going to take you for granted. It was just the greatest gift I could receive from God. And listen, if you are in this room and you grew up without a father, maybe your father left you when you were little, maybe you lost a father recently and it's been hard for you, can I just say that there is a heavenly father for you up in heaven who is the best kind of father you will ever have. Come on. Come on. Another thing I love seeing it emerge is the youngins running because it's an under 18 event. They go through the obstacles. It represents manhood. It represents uh, life. And seeing just the people that came with us, and even from San Diego, the youngins under 18 running the race without their fathers, ah, seeing the army, the band of brothers from this campus and all the other campuses that were supporting them, cheering and championing them the whole way was extraordinary. See, that just represents and goes to show you how it emerged. It doesn't matter where you've been through, what you've done, where you've gone, whatever it is. It does not matter. You will have a band of, of brothers cheering you on, championing you on. I guarantee it. Come on. I got to move on. I got like two minutes left. Third point. Come on. It is advancing towards your purpose. So we got becoming vulnerable with people that live kingdom lives. You take ownership 
in your identity in Christ, and then you advance towards his purpose. Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, being a college student right now, an emerged college student, man, it is tough to see the things that I see. I'll just, I'll leave it simple. One of the things, on my campus, one of the th- biggest things that I see people struggle with is identity. Identity is, in this society, in this culture, it is one of the biggest issues that we face. And that's, that goes back to vulnerability. They put themselves in places where they don't belong. And see, it's why it's so important as emerge, an emerged man, and even as a follower of Christ in this room, to be planted in the word of God, to be planted in the house of God. Because when you have big roots, when they're deep roots, nothing can shake you, no winds can take you away. And your identity is actually impossible to find in anything physical in this world. There is no true identity for you in this world, no matter what society says. See, the world... The enemy's going to try to lash out its opinion on you that, that, that it's okay to have sex before marriage, that it's okay to become something you're not, to create new genders. But when you, how do you know that God has the final say? He wrote it. It is written. And you can use that as a weapon. So when the enemy says this, God says that, and it has the higher authority. Come on. And finish off, a white-looking Mexican guy that speaks fluent Spanish in an LDS state. I often get the question when they find out that I speak Spanish of, where did you serve your mission? And I'm like, excuse me, my whole life is a mission field. From the moment that you walk out of these doors, church, these four buildings, you are going to be faced with a mission where you're going to have to choose whether to cower or whether to take a stand and claim your authority in Christ and show the world what truth is. Come on. So go. God wants you to advance into your purpose. I'm out of time. I'm actually over. So men, get to Emerge. I'm not selling it to you. This is just a glimpse, a taste. At Emerge, you'll receive the best training you will ever get. It is training ground. And let me tell you, Emerge is not a one-time-a-year thing. Emerge is actually a life thing that you do every single day of your life. It is a lifestyle. So with that being said, I'm going to introduce my dad, Eric. I love you all. God bless. God bless. I said it on the first service, and now I'm going to say it again. It's very difficult to follow a great preacher, but when it is your own son, <laughs> puts a lot of pressure on you. Um, thank you, Pastor Matt, uh, Pastor Lorraine, for um, giving me the opportunity to, to share today. Uh, Pastor Vince and Pastor Vega, we're all appreciating the rest of the leadership of the church. Um, thank you for this opportunity. When Pastor Matt called me up uh, last week, he's like, Eric, do you mind sharing about your life story with the church, I was like, yeah. He didn't know that I was with a client, and then I had to call him back. I'm like, what am I doing again? Just, just, I just want to make sure I got this right, because, uh, um, so thank you so much. So let me start by praying really quick. Uh, thank you, Lord. We, um, we praise you tonight, we, and we invite you, Holy Spirit. We invite you to take this place and to move, and, and we ask that uh, you heal those hearts that need to be healed today, um, and that you move in, the, in, in, this, in this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Um, I have a Rams jersey, and I was going to wear the jersey, but I quickly realized that I don't care about the, the Rams. So I don't know how I have the jersey in the first place. 
So I didn't wear it. Instead, I wore actually my true team's jersey. And I was, let's go. Let's go, sons of Judah, right? So this is my Super Bowl jersey right here. Um, and we're going to go pretty soon to our Super Bowl to play a Super Bowl. And we're going to bring the trophy here. Um, and with that, let me, let me, um, let me start the, um, the title of my message. Is, it's like, act like a man. Um, nobody teaches, teaches us what a man is like when we grow up. In, in my case, um, it was unique, right? So let me start by, by uh, reading just a, a verse, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations, right? Um, this, I, I, this verse changed my life. Um, when I grew up, when I was born, I was born in Mexico. And at a very young age, my parents left. Um, I was about four years old when my mom, uh, my mom and my dad, they, they got divorced. They got into a very nasty divorce. My mom moved to the United States, uh, San Diego. Uh, and then my dad, uh, he became an alcoholic. So he went uh, away to a different state. He was about 18, 18 hours away uh, into a rehab center. He was there for many years. So they left us with uh, an monastery with, with nuns. Um, the amazing thing about that was that I learn how to eat crickets. I'm just saying, they're, they're just fantastic. So if we did good, they will send us out. They will let us uh, play uh, in the garden. And we used to, they, they told us, I mean, we're going to give you a treat. Just find crickets. Anyway, so I got there and I, I got my bag of, of crickets and they cook them for us. They're delicious. Just saying, just saying. <laughs> um, and like I said, when, when my parents left, um, there was a lot going on in my life. And let me start by saying that having a kid doesn't make you a father, just like owning a gun doesn't make you a Marine, right? Anybody can have a kid. Not anybody can be a father, really. Um, and I say this because um, for many years, I thought of my father as a coward. And God had to do something very, very extraordinary in my life to actually forgive him, to forgive him, to forgive my mom. Um, growing up, when they left, um, my grandma found me and my brother, um, and he, she, she took us to her home. Unfortunately, she passed away um, when I was um, at a very young age. Again, um, we were left alone. And what that did for us is that we had to learn, my brother and I, and I had to learn how to survive. Um, so I used, to, I used to go out to the grocery stores and ask for permission to bag people's uh, groceries so they would tip me. Um, I used to go to the central market as well, and I would look for the older lady that couldn't carry her bags so that she would tip me something or she would buy me some food. Um, I will also used to go, I used to go to my friend's house, and I know I was a pain to, to them and their families because I used to play with them so that they could invite me home and invite me to eat. Um, those were so, some, some things that I had to, to go through. And there was a time in my life um, when um, my, my dad came back. I was about eight years old when he came back into my picture. And he took us home. We had a, a condo. And at that time, he actually remarried. She met this woman. He remarried. Uh, she became pregnant. Um, 
they, he decided to buy a, a new house, right? And uh, it was a beautiful house. It was the main house, the main level, uh, had a beautiful garden in the back. And on the back, some of the Mexicans' house, they have what they call bungalows. On those, on those bungalows, you have um, the people, or the people that live there are the people that take care of the house. Um, and that's where they place us. Um, I couldn't go into the house. I couldn't go into the bathroom to take a shower, and I had a regular shower. Um, I used to stand on the door, uh, on the on the house when I wanted to go in the back, the back door, um, as you got in, it uh, lead you to the kitchen. From the kitchen, you could see the, the, um, the dining room, right? And I used to see my dad with his family eating. And I, I was not allowed to go in and eat with them, right? And, and I thought of my dad, <laughs> you're such a coward. How can you do this to me? And, and my they had a son. And they had him on a private school when my brother and I showed up to school with holes on our, on our shoes, right? And, and uh, basically, we just left again. We have to go. We have to leave our house. And, and again, nobody teach, and I don't blame my dad because nobody taught him. He, he thought he was doing the right thing, um, and I'm pretty sure he did, right? And I have to forgive him for what happened to, to, my, to my brother and I. But when that happened, like I said, we left our house, my brother and I, and we started again. I, as my son said, we went on survival mode. Um, I had to sleep on the streets, literally. Um, I got lucky that I was not raped because I used to live in at different homes. Whoever would take me and, and spend the night there, and I literally had to leave running one night because it just got very bad for me. And... and um, I used to go, in Mexico, you see, probably in the movies, you see um, the buses, right? You have passengers on the buses and people going and singing. Well, that was me. That was me singing. And at the end of the tour that they go, um, I, used to ask for the, I used to ask the driver, can I clean your, your bus so you can tip me, whatever, right? I was underage, so I couldn't get a, a real job. So I have to find ways to, to, um, to make it. Um, so I'm going to fast forward um, to when I moved to the United States. And I'm going to read um, a verse on 1 Corinthians 3.16. And it reads, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith. I like a man, be strong. Like I said, I, I, nobody taught me what a man was. What a man's, what a, what a, a good dad's supposed to look like, what a, a man supposed to look like, um, how I needed to behave with girls, how I needed to manage my finances. My dad had a thing that every time I asked him for something, he would just pull his wallet and, and open it up and say, I have no money. And I hated that so much that, um, and my wife, is, she's my beautiful wife, she's here. Um, when I met her, um, I told her, I told her the story, and I said, what I did, because I rejected that from my dad so much, and I said, I will put, I had always on my wallet, I have um, a Mexican pesos or euros, whatever it is, I have a, a, some sort of a currency in my wallet, so that any time I will open my, my wallet, and whether I had money or not, I will say, I have money, I just can't afford this, I cannot pay for that, because I cannot exchange the money, but I have money in my account, so I had to learn, retrain everything in my life, and so... Here we go, first time we become uh, awakened, right? 
And uh, we go to merch. And uh, nothing really prepared me for what I lived in at merch. Um, if you can put uh, Chewy the first picture up, please. Um, this is me with Jitsak um, during the Rite of Passage. The first time we went, Eli spoke about uh, last time that we actually went to Emerge. We, I told him, you have to wait. We're going to run together as family. Because the first time he was in high school, he was on the track team, and he wanted to win, so he just took off. <laughs> I have to chase him. So I was like, dude, just, just <laughs> hold on. So I got to run, and, it was, and God had a perfect plan because I had to run with Jitsak. Uh, my son Jitsak is here, and... and uh, it was a beautiful moment. I'm glad somebody in San Diego took that picture. Um, the beautiful thing is, as my son Jitsak, he was very small, as you can see there. He was about 13 years old, tiny, small little kid. Um, today, he's bigger than me, stronger than me. He can probably lift me with one hand. <laughs> that wasn't the case then, but... Um, I remember running through the course. He was running through the course, and there was a section, a part of the race, where he had to literally pick up a weight and take him from one place to another. And he, I saw him. I was running next to him. I was cheering him up, and I saw him stumble with the weights because it, they were heavy, right? For a 13-year-old small little kid, they, they were heavy. So I tried to lean to reach out to him, and I said, let's go get up. And when I say those words... <sighs> God just came into my life, and he spoke to me, and he said, remember when you wanted to take your life away? Because I tried to do that many times. I was living in pain that I tried to take my life so many times. I'm jumping in front of cars. I try putting a knife on my body many times. The last time I, I slept and wake up in a hospital, um, that's how bad it was for me. I had to deal with so much rejection, but when I reached to my son to try to help him, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit was telling me, this is me. What you're doing right now with your son, you're not touching him because you, wanna, you want him to learn to be a man. You want him to get up from where he's at. But I was there with you every time cheering for you, saying, get up. Get up. You got this. This is not the end. This is you, the start, And I'm going to walk with you regardless of what you go through. I'm going to be right there with you. Right? And, and I started... Um, I started having tears. On, I'm sorry, let me correct that. I had uh, my ass sweating. My eyes started, yeah, we don't, we don't cry at Emerge, I'm sorry. Um, we use pure, none of that, none of that there. Uh, it, it's, it's not a thing. Look it up, Google it, I mean, it's, it, it happens. So with my eyes sweating, I just kept running the race behind my son, and I was cheering him, and we got finally to the part where you have uh, a column of guys just, just uh, interlocking with their arms, not letting that kids pass through, and that's the final event. And as I'm cheering him, I'm, uh, <laughs> I got pictures of my life coming back to me. And like I said, God's telling me every single time, every time I, I, I cheer my kid, I see myself, uh, how God is right there with me, right there and there with me with every single thing that, that, that I went through. And, 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 he, and how he's telling me, everything that you went through is to teach you what your father couldn't teach you. I've been your father all this time. And, right, and, so, and I, and I got to tell you, um, I've been a Christian for a long time. Uh, I, didn't, I was not raised as a Christian. I was raised as a, as a Catholic uh, kid, but uh, God healed me. 
many years ago, and, and before it was very painful to talk about my past, um, when I became a Christian, I was able to uh, forget my, my, my dad and then my mom because I suffered rejection from both of them twice. Uh, and the second time is the one, was the one that actually hurt me the most. So I have to forgive my, my, uh, my parents twice. And, and I got to say, I respect a man that can heal the heart of a woman he didn't break. But I can also respect a man that can raise a kid that he didn't make. And, and uh, Corey, I want to say, God brought this to me, and I think he was speaking. He, he just keep bringing you to my mind when I was preaching the first service, and I think you are that man. You're an emerged man. You were my captain last year, and I want to honor you for that. Um, during that race, I also saw Lonnie Adebayo. Lonnie is such a boss. Uh, Tony, I, I love you guys. You guys are like powerhouses. It, it's, it's just amazing to have you guys in my life. Um, and I saw Lonnie running, and I'm like, I, I want to do what he's doing. I told God I want to do that as well. Um, but I feel like at that moment, God told me, this is the time for your kids. This is the time for you to be a father. You will have your time, and one day I'm going to run. I'm going to run that race just like you did. Um, and I'm going to do it. And I know Pastor Vince was with you, and Pastor Vince... Uh, Lonnie, Pastor Matt, I want you guys to raise that ra- ra- that race with me as well. Um, but I got to tell you, now that I look back, I find joy. That's what that's what that did for me. That race did for me. If you put the uh, Chewy the second uh, image, that's what I got out of merch. That's Yitza getting baptized. There's no greater privilege to me than, than, than seeing my own son, being able to baptize my own son. Uh, and like I said, like Kila was saying, we, we're a family that we can talk about anything. We talk about pornography, sex, uh, addictions. We talk about money. Uh, we, talk, we, we talk about everything and anything because that's what God called us to be. When, he, when God called us to be a man, he called us to do that. It has been really hard for me because I, I, I didn't know how to start those conversations. Um, Jitsak wakes me up every morning at 5 in the morning. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to take him to football practice, so he wakes me up in the morning. And, but that has helped me to spend more time with him. And just last week, um, I found out that he had a girlfriend. And I was like, Jitsak... Uh, What's going on here? <laughs> and he's like, no, dad, it, it just lasted for a day. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so what happened? He's like, well, she told me that she was going to be home alone and she wanted me to come over. And I said, no. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's my son. That's what happens at Emerge. Any kid normally will say, heck yeah. Sign me up, right? Not, not an emerged young man. Not an, emer- not an emerged man. An emerged man is a man of principles who can honor their wives, right? I love you, babe. Who can honor their parents, who can uh, honor their, their uh, pastors. That's the one thing I learned uh, at Emerge, to honor. My relationship with my wife has never been, have never been better. My relationship with my kids have never been better. If you can put you the last, the last um, picture. That's what Eli was talking about. 
We're all wet, we're all tired. But the best thing is that we're all together. We're all smiling, I hug them, and like I said, um, he, the thing that impacted me more, more about Emerge is that, that I, that I got to spend time with, with, with my men, with my kids. Um, I went to Lonnie's house about a year ago, and I was with BJ. Is BJ here by chance? No, he's not. Okay. So um, I was with BJ, and I was with Lonnie, and uh, the ladies were up in the, in the main floor. We were actually outside sitting by the fire pit, and we started talking. We had a drink on our hands, and we started honoring our wives. Normally, um, before I knew God, my conversation about girls were about how hot they were. Right about anything that has nothing to do with how great God created a woman. When I became a Christian and artist, and I started became and I became part of religious groups, I only saw the um, the wrong about women. Right, she's wearing uh, jeans that are too tight. She's wearing a skirt that is too short. All these things that were keeping me in a box, in a religious box. When I found freedom, we learned how to honor our, our, our wives. And like I said, I remember getting into my car and driving away, and I, I told my wife, I was, like, I was like, babe, this is freaking awesome. I never been with a group of men that love, that honor their wives, such as, as Lonnie and BJ and this is what Emerge does for you not that I want to sell you Emerge but I'm going to sell you, sell you Emerge wives is you have a man that is not signed up for Emerge talk to one of the captains talk to one of the pastors talk to me that's fine we'll pay for your trip you need to go you want him to go pastor has been said the other day if you have to sell some of your shoes sell them worth it I'm telling you, if you're dating someone and, and your boyfriend is not signed up yet, lady, again, make sure you put his name down and he gets get his butt over to one of the buses that will take people down to San Diego. Um, and, I, and I'm going to finish with this. Um, a lot of the joy that I found in my past, like I said, was when I was running with, with, um, with Jitsak when, when he stumbled and I reached out to him and I started get up, saying, hey, get up. And as, as he was walking and as I was uh, cheering on my son, um, God was taking me into those difficult times in my life and was showing me how he was with me and every single time. Um, I remember one night I was, it was raining. Where I, where I was born, it rains a lot. So I was uh, sitting or sleeping on a, uh, flower bed and and uh, <laughs> he was showing me how my head was on Jesus' lap and how he was taking care of me the things that used to bring me so much pain I, fi- I found that it was bringing so much joy because on everything that I went through every time I feel ashamed of what I was doing used to be able to to bring food to my plate and to my brother's uh, um, table I was able to find joy. Like I said, before that was something that 
I found so much shame that I feel I felt rejected. I feel like I wasn't worthy. I feel like I, I, my father wasn't there for me. So what, what the heck am I doing here? I used to tell God, why did you create me? Did I ask you to create me? Why do you bring me here to suffer? Why do you, what, you just wanted to laugh at me? That's what I used to think. That's what the enemy wanted to implant on my head because I know God has something better for me. And what God, and I now I see it, uh, that foundation that I have created for my son is incredible. I mean, you guys saw my son just preaching right now. He's a, such a rock star. And if, if all of that was worth so that they can do better, heck yeah, sign me up again. I'll do it all over again. I'll do it again because I love I love, I love you, Eli Jitzak. I love you, buddy, so much. Adriel, um, there's not, there's so much I can say about Adriel. He's just amazing. I was, I got his report card um, about a week ago. And Adriel is an A, an a student straight-A student, and uh, when I saw a C and a D on his, on his grades, I did what every man will do, right? Every reasonable parent will do. What is wrong with you, dude? And I started brutalizing my kid verbally. I was, I was really, and I saw how he was shrinking every time I was saying something. And then when I saw that, and I said, I feel so bad, and then I feel God telling me, what are you doing? What are you doing? And so, so I, I put my hands on his shoulders and I say, son, I'm sorry. I know, know that whatever you're going through, I love you. And I love you enough not to leave you where you are. And, and you sh I mean, I wish I could tape him, his face, because his face started just lighting up and his eyes just, just I saw that sparkle in his eyes that, that, I mean, things that gifts that God only can give you and 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 with that like I said I, I want to finish and I want to give the time to Pastor Matt but um, it doesn't matter what you have gone through in your life it doesn't matter God make you go through that because he knew that you could do it David had to face a giant right a giant and he didn't remove the giant because he was too big, right? He was there. All he had to do is, is men up, face him when everybody else said no, and he did. But God, God, God was with him every single time, every single minute during that fight. And that's what I saw. And that's what I see in you. Whether you can see it right now or not, I, I, let me tell you that God has been with you all those times. He's been walking with you. He's been cheering for you, telling you, let's go. Get up. Whatever you're going through, let's go. Get up. I got you. I love you. You are dear to me. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.